Everyone is looking for purpose, for a life that matters, and we want to be a church that helps people find that. This is the Collective Church Podcast from a life-giving and vibrant new church right here in London, Ontario. Here's this past week's message from our pastor, Tyler Fromm. How's everyone doing? It is a little bit cold in here. I apologize for that. Um, this is not our building, and we tried to turn the heat on as much as we can. So it's going to get a little bit warmer, probably right about the time that we get ready to leave. Um, this is our last week in here, and next week we'll be back at the German Canadian Club for two services, 9 and 11. Uh, so don't show up to this cold building next week. Show up to the warm one that we're usually at. Um, so we are going through this series called Rooted right now. If you're in a co-group, you'll be going through this curriculum as well. Uh, this is week six. Week six and week seven are both on the topic of serving. So this week, I'll be talking to you guys about serving, about how God has created us to serve. That is our purpose in life, is to serve and to help others, that he's given us abilities and giftings to help others. And next week, we're going to be able to hear from some of our uh, department leads at the church. They're going to tell you about serving from their perspective. So you only have me for one week. Um, Sorry about your luck, or maybe not. We'll see. See how this goes. (laughs) Um, So there's a story in the Bible, and it's actually a story of a story I'm going to tell you about. It's a parable that Jesus talks about, and it's called the parable of the talents. And what it is, it's a story of a master, and he is going away. So he brings his three servants up. And he brings all of them up, and he gives each of them a different amount of money, a different amount of currency, and it's actually called talents, which works great for this analogy. Um, first one comes up, and he gives him five talents. He says, I'm going away. Take care of these five talents. He brings the second one up, and he says, I'm giving you two talents. Take care of these two talents. Brings the third one up, and he gets one. He says, take care of this one talent as I'm going away. So he leaves, and eventually... When he is gone, these servants take the money, take the talents that they've been given, and they do something with them. The first one, who's gotten five, he uses those five talents and gets five more talents. He's investing them, doing a business, not really sure what he's doing. But at the end of it, he has ten talents. He used his talents, what he has been given, what he's been gifted, and made more out of it. Same thing happens with the second one. He was given two, and by the end of it, by the time the master gets back, he has four. Now, the last guy gets a lot of heat Uh, He gets one talent, and you're already like, man, what is wrong with this guy? Why did he get one? Uh, He takes it. We're about to find out why he only got one. He took it, and he dug a hole in the ground and put that talent in the ground and just left it there. Now, if you're comparing it to the other guys, this guy did not make a wise decision. Um, So the master comes back, and he says, great. He calls the servants up, and he says, okay, first servant, I gave you five. What did you do with that? He said, master, you gave me five talents. I now have ten talents. I put those talents to work, and now I doubled them. He says, great. He rewards him, and he blesses him. He says, you did a great job. I am super proud of you. Come on in. Uh, Second guy, same thing happens. He doubles him. He says, great. You did a great job. Thanks for doubling. Thanks for taking care of what I have given you. You've doubled it. Come on in. Last guy comes up. Now, he is probably panicking right now. He's like, no one else thought to dig a hole in the ground and just leave it there. He's like, oh, what? We were talking before about, uh, me and Gian and Peter were talking about when you do a presentation, and you don't want to be the first one going up just in case you've screwed up. And clearly this guy was panicking the whole time, like, I have completely done this project wrong. Um, So he comes up, and the master's like, hey, what did you do with that one talent I gave you? Not a lot of responsibility. What did you do with it? He's like, well, 
Master, I know you're a shrewd and you're a harsh businessman, so I didn't want to screw up, so I put it in a hole in the ground. <laughs> like, imagine if your parents gave you money, he's like, hey, can you just make sure you don't lose this? He's like, sure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig it a hole in the ground, not leave it in your pocket, not in a piggy bank, not in the bank, a hole in the ground. And the master is furious. He says, what were you doing? What were you thinking? He's like, the least you could have done was put it in the bank. I could have got a little bit of interest on it. You did nothing with what I gave you. And he's furious, and he actually curses him out. He says, get out of here. I don't even want to see you anymore. He actually gives that one talent to the guy who made 10 talents, who had doubled his. And this is what happens, is that God has blessed us with a gift, with a talent, with an ability. He created us specifically for a purpose. He gave us something to do in this life. He gave you an ability or a gift, and sometimes we can just sit on that gift. Sometimes we can just keep that gift for ourselves. But actually what God wants us to do is use that gifting, that talent, that ability that we have, that thing that we're good at, to actually bless others. What we can do with that gift that God has given us is actually spread joy to the people around us, and that actually doubles that talent. It doubles that gift that God gave us because we're able to share it with others. All of us in this room have something we're good at. Maybe for you it's sports, it's athletics, it's uh, music. We had our worship team up here. They're all clearly musically talented. And sometimes we look at people who are talented, you think, well, talent is something you're successful at. You're like, well, I didn't win any awards in sports. I can't play. I don't have any special skill or anything like that. But that's not exactly what a gift is. We're going to go through it later, but God is very specific with what gifts are. And sometimes they aren't what we think they are. We think they're like, oh, athletics or sports or your really funny jokes or something like that. that we, we tie often skills with success, with business success, with with awards, with achievements, but that's not necessarily why God created us to have giftings and talents. God gave us giftings and talents to actually bless others, not to bless ourselves. He gave you an ability. Maybe you're a really good businessman. You're an entrepreneur. He didn't give you that ability to uh, be an entrepreneur, to just make more money, to work nine to five, you know, just Monday to Friday. He gave it to you to help spread love to other people. If you're a good salesman, God didn't want you to be a good salesman to move more cars on the lot. Maybe he wanted you to t tell people about Jesus. There's talents and giftings God gave us, and it's to spread joy to others. Um, I'm going to talk about my wife, Alyssa. She is sitting up in the front today, uh, and she's like, I'm going to sit at the back. I'm like, no, 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 sit at the front. And now I'm realizing I have a couple stories about her today, which um, I, she might regret this and sit at the back from here on out. But uh, my wife, Alyssa, is incredibly creative. She has a creative, uh, she's a very artistic I'm not going to look her while I'm telling this story. She's very artistic, and she can create things out of nothing. The entire time we've been married, uh, we've always had different, like, art creations, and uh, I don't even know, like, one time she was making, like, beads out of paper. She would, like, glue them and then, like, cut strips of paper, roll them up, turn them into jewelry somehow, and they were just, like, strung across her living room for weeks on end. Uh, like, things that, like, I don't know how you can think of these things, but she is so creatively gifted that she can just think of so many things, that she has done art and different things. Now, she's not a full-time artist. That's often what we think. People who are artistic, well, the only way you can do that, you know, like, in your high school, you're like, I want to do art. People are like, well, that's not a full-time job. There's not a lot of money in the arts. It's like, well, maybe God gave you that gift not to make money off of. Maybe he gave you to bless others. For example, Alyssa last Friday, it was our uh, son's birthday, and our daughter was homesick, so Alyssa stayed home with her, and it was his birthday, and we were having a birthday party that night. Um, and I come home, it's, and it's an Avenger theme because he's five, and that's how we roll. Uh, it's an Avenger themed party, and I come home from work, 
and our whole dining room table is just like, looks like something from Toys R Us or some party city has just blown all over the table because she has like specific little, like if you told me to decorate for a birthday, I would get those like, you know, like the plates and the cups and I would call it a day. Like I've decorated for this party. Not Alyssa. Alyssa had took like brown paper, covered our table in it. She took like a Sharpie and she drew like the Avenger logo at eat place setting, which has actually ruined our table, but we're not gonna talk about that today. Um, she didn't put anything underneath. Um, but she has like hand drawn like the Avenger logo on all thing. Everything's set up with like their own little bags and these bags have everyone's names on them written in cursive. And then she has like streamers that are strung and it looks awesome. And it wasn't until the next day that even I realized the streamers that we had, she didn't buy the streamers like most of us would. No, she handcrafted the streamers. She cut like 40 or 50 little circles and sewn them together with fishing line and strung them from the light because that is who Alyssa is. God has cre created her to have that creative gene, to have that artistic gene where she can see things like that. And know what it did? It benefited our son. It benefited his friends who came to that party. God blessed her with a gift that she's now able to share with others. It's not something that we always keep for ourselves. It's something that we're supposed to share with others. And that's what happened with these three servants is that two of them went out and invested their money. They did something with their money and it doubled it because they shared it. They didn't hold tight to it. They didn't put it in a hole on the ground and sit it. When God created us, he gave you a gift. And if you are just sitting on that gift, if you're not using what God created you to do, you're just like that third servant who's like, I'm going to hold on to this till I see you again. I'm never going to use this. I'm never going to let other people see it. I'm just going to keep it here for myself instead of actually using it, putting yourself out there and risking it to help others to actually double that gift and share the love of Jesus, share joy with others through your gift. When we got married, we had a lot of gifts. You know, like uh, you do it like a wedding registry and it's like, hey, these are all the things I want. And then people get you things that you didn't put on there. And you're like, thanks for this thing. You know, you get... We had a uh, turkey roaster thing, and when you are like 21, 22, you're not making a lot of turkeys. So that thing sat in our basement for years and years and years. We did not use that gift. Now, it wasn't the giver's fault that that gift was never used. It was our fault, the recipient. God gave us a gift. It's our job to use it. And sometimes, not only do we not use it, we might misuse it. We use it for ourselves, for our own benefit. For our wedding, someone also got us a vegetable scrubber. Now, Still to this day, I don't, Alyssa's <laughs> shaking her head because she knows where this is going. A vegetable scrubber. You scrub your vegetables with it. Makes sense. Well, one day after I was playing basketball, my shoes were really dirty. <laughs> so I took said vegetable scrubber and cleaned my shoes off because I wanted some clean shoes because when you're running in the gym and they're dusty, you, you, you're slipping around. So <laughs> Alyssa caught me in the bathroom cleaning my shoes off with this. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cleaning my shoes with this brush. She's like, that is for our food, for our vegetables. So I was like... That is why there's little vegetables on the other side of the brush, on the hard part of it. Um, and so sometimes we use gifts for our own benefit, where I could have used that gift to benefit others, like make food for other people, you know, not just hold on to it for myself and for my own benefit, for, but to bless others. We have to talk about what's our purpose here on earth, what's life's purpose. Sometimes life's purpose is that we're supposed to shred the love of Jesus with others. That through our giftings and talents, God actually gave us ways that we can share the love of Jesus with other people. That we don't just hold on to it, but we can share the love with others. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, there's a couple things in there I want to break down. It says first that we are his masterpiece. For us to be a masterpiece, that means the creator has to be, one, really good at what they're doing, and two, it means that we are near perfection. It's like, this is the highlight. This is like, you think of an artist, it's their masterpiece. It's usually like one of their most famous paintings, one of their most like beautiful things they've ever done. But all of us are God's masterpiece because that's how much work he has put into us. That's how much effort he's put into us. That's how proud he is of his creation. That's how proud he is of you. You are his masterpiece. Think of that. Like sometimes we can think down on ourselves. You need to remind yourself, I am God's masterpiece. When you're like, I am a screw-up, I have no hope, no purpose, you are God's masterpiece. He didn't create you on accident, he created you for a purpose, on purpose. That he created you for a certain reason. He doesn't make mistakes like that. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That means that we have a purpose. From way before you were in your mother's womb, you had a purpose here on earth. That God specifically set that plan out. He set that in motion. He said, I am creating you to do something. Now, it's not that we don't have a purpose on this life. Maybe it just means we haven't found out what that is. But God has a reason that you are here. Now, sometimes we can think, well, I'm not good at anything. You, there used to be this commercial when I was little. Um, so if you watch a lot of cartoons in the late 90s, you might remember this one. It was a cartoon or a, a commercial of, like, kids. I think it was, like, uh, Canada Health or something. And uh, these kids were going through, like, a bunch of different talents they had. And, like, they're like, oh, not everyone's good at everything, but everyone's good at something. And it was about how, like, everyone has their own thing. And there was, like, a kid who played the tuba and, like, some kid who was playing soccer and some kid who made, like, dinosaur noise, noises. And I, like, remember watching it and be like, okay, I can't do any of those things, like, uh, I feel pretty me- mediocre compared to this kid who can make a T-Rex sound. Like, um, <laughs> imagine that kid growing up now. I'd be like, guys, can't do much in life, but I'm really good at making T-Rex sound, and uh, that's what I'm known for. It's my thing. Um, but sometimes we can get down on ourselves and be like, I'm not good at one thing. We, we think in the school terms of like, I'm not good at one subject or whatever. I'm mediocre at a lot of things, but uh, there's actually a lot of things that may not seem like a talent, but they actually are. I'm going to go through a list that li- there's 18, at least 18 gifts that are listed in the New Testament. Now, a lot of these things are actually, um, like, there's way more than this list, way more. I'm going to go through it quickly here, but there's things like, um, you can, can look around even today, like, we have photographers, we have camera people, we have musicians. There's so many things that aren't even in the Bible, but things that we have the talent to do. Uh, if you want to read, you can read these later if you want. It's 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and Romans 12. These are the at least 18 things that the Bible lists. Uh, first one, the gift of administration. So someone who is organized. You're like, how is that a gift? How is that an ability? That is a huge ability. You can look around this church today. We have people who are extremely organized. And if they, if they weren't here, we would be a mess because we need those people, especially going through a pandemic where there's a bunch of rules and new protocols. That is a huge gift. It's not just something you're good at. That is a gift God created you with. Uh, another one is, is being an apostle. Now you're like, well, that sounds really high up there. Uh, think of it as a spiritual entrepreneur. And an apostle is someone who wants to start new things, who plants churches, goes to new areas, and wants to help out there. Another one is a gift of discernment, so someone who can discern spirits. The fourth one is the gift of evangelism, someone who can easily talk to people about Jesus. 
Someone who can just strike up conversations all the time. You're like, hey, have you heard about my friend Jesus? Uh, another one, the gift of exhortation, which is kind of like someone who's an encourager. Now you're like, wow, how is that a gift? Because that is a huge blessing to a lot of people. Some of us negative Nancys need someone with the gift of encouragement. I don't know if you've ever met Peggy, that is her gifting. She has the gift of exhortation. And you're, if you don't know who Peggy is, you can see her car out there because it's bright yellow. Peggy has the gift of encouragement. She, has, she is that cheerleader. She is the one who can cheer you on. If you're ever down on yourself, she's like, no, we got this. You got this. She has a gift of exhortation. Another one is the gift of faith. So people who always believe that God's got something, that God will always come through, that is a gift. It's not just faith. It's actually a gift people can have. Another one is a gift of giving. Not that people who are rich, but people who are always giving of their resources. Uh, the gift of healing, people who can pray for physical healing. The gift of helps. Now this is a big one. The gift of helps. This is something where people are just always helping. You look around the room. We have people here today. We have a team that sets up at 7.30 every morning. Every Sunday, not every morning. Don't come tomorrow. Um, every Sunday morning, we have a, gift, a team that shows up. Some of those people have the gift of helps because they're like, hey, you needed me here. I am willing to help. I'm here to help you, not to help myself. That is a huge gift that a lot of us have, and we neglect it because we think, well, that's not a thing. Uh, the gift of hospitality. You know those people who it's like, our Victoria Wellman in the back who's just always like, hey, I'm baking, I'm doing this, you want some food? Don't worry, I got 100 cheesecakes coming your way. The gift of hospitality, that is a gift, that is a calling, that is a blessing to others. Uh, the gift of knowledge, the gift of leadership. You know when they say natural-born leader? That's actually a, a gift that God gave someone. That's not a natural-born leader. That is a God-designed leader. The gift of mercy. Now, that is an interesting one because think, we think we're all supposed to have mercy. But think of those people who are extra patient. That is a gift God has given you. Uh, the gift of prophecy, people who, can speak, who God can speak through. The gift of serving, another one, just like the gift of help, someone who's always put other people before them. I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to serve you. What do you need? The gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of teaching. This is a huge one, gift of teaching. Not just someone who is like, oh, I'm really good at talking to people. But no, 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 someone who's willing to walk alongside people and show them things. And last one is the gift of wisdom. Now, I hope when I was saying those, you were thinking in your head, okay, maybe that is me, maybe that isn't me. Maybe you thought, wow, I didn't think that was an actually a gift, that was a thing. But these are just 18 little ones in the Bible. There's way more than this, but all of these, I'm sure all of us can relate to, that you have a purpose on here. God has given you a gift. Maybe you're like, oh, I just thought I was always a really cheerful person and really just encouraged people. No, God created you that way for a purpose. God gave you that gift. He blessed you with that. Your gift is needed. It's not just something that, oh, it's cool, I'm really good at baking. No, 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 it is needed. No matter what your gifting is, what your ability is, what you're talented, it is needed. God needs you. He gave that to you for a reason. Your gift is needed in your family so that you can lead your family, you and your spouse together can lead your kids. You can use it to bless your family, to bless your parents, to bless your siblings. It is needed in your community, in your workplace, in your school to help change that so people can see who you are, to see who your God is. Your gifting is needed in your church. It is needed so that we can come together and share the message of Jesus with others. No matter what your gift is, no matter how big or how small it is, it is needed. You are needed. You have a purpose here on earth. You were created for a reason. 
1 Peter 4, we're going to read uh, verses 8 to 10 here. It says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now that is a a great verse. In verse 8 and 9, they kind of talk about how we need to love others. That our love covers a multitude of sins. Now that doesn't mean that when we love someone that their sin is forgiven, they don't need to go to God because we can forgive them. No, no. That means when we love someone, they don't feel the shame of sin. That when you're loving on someone, when you're uh, able to just love on them and be around them, that means they don't feel like they're unworthy. That the first gift God gave us, it wasn't our ability to lead, it wasn't our hospitality, it wasn't our encouragement. The first gift God gave us is love. That's the first thing he gives. The Bible actually says that uh, the salvation we receive through Jesus is a gift. And for us, we need to share that gift with us. Imagine if you just got saved and you just never told anyone about Jesus. You'd be like that last servant who just dug a hole in the ground. You're like, I'm going to leave it here. This isn't for anyone else but me. That's not how it works. God wants us to share the love of Jesus with others. That's the first gift he gave us. That's what we need to be sharing with others. Now, our society is very self-focused, right? Worry about yourself, you know, get through the day only like, especially during COVID, right? Like when everything went down with COVID, you think of like last March, it was like, grab all the toilet paper you need, right? Like you go to the shelves and so my dad is one of these people and he would be like, hey, I went to the store today, they didn't have any toilet paper, so I went to another store and picked some up. You know, people are, people are buying toilet paper out there. I'm like, dad, you are the problem. (laughs) You, that, and that's the thing, is that the people buying up the toilet paper are like, oh, some other guy's buying up the toilet paper, meanwhile they have four loads of it, and you're like, everyone gets very self-focused when everything, when it's panic, right? When there's a pandemic, it's like, well, me and my family, we need to get through this. And sure, that's fine during a pandemic. You need to worry about your family and make sure they're healthy and everything is fine. The problem is now that we're coming out of it, we need to start focusing on others. Now that we're healthy and we're fine and we're getting through this, we need to make sure other people are okay. We need to take care of our neighbors, make sure they are fine. And when you serve, when you use your giftings, your talents to help others, you're returning that on others. You're saying, I'm going to help you out. I'm trying to help you through all of this. Serving turns the focus off of us and puts it on those we are helping. And your talent doesn't matter as much as your love does. It doesn't matter if you're the best speaker in the world, if you're the best uh, kids team member you have, if you're the best guitar player up here. It doesn't matter if any of that, if you don't have love first. If you can't love people, all of it is for nothing. Verses 10 and 11 talk about gifts. Now, one of our, um, one of our values here at Collective is excellence that we say God deserves our best and people deserve our best, so we are going to give our best. And that's a great thing here that it talks about, like, whatever you do, do it as God is himself is speaking through you. And I also like this verse because it kind of just covers everything. A lot of time we think, well, I can't do anything because I'm really quiet and shy, and there's, I can't get on a stage and talk. I don't want to, I can't talk in front of a room full of kids. I can't do this, that, the other thing. Verse 11 gives two examples. Can you speak? then do it. Can you do things? Then do it. That covers everyone. 
That kind of, you can't be like, ah, I can't do things. Sorry, I, can't, I also can't speak. Or like, sorry, that's not me. No, no, no. That covers your task-oriented people and your people-oriented people. That covers your introverts and your extroverts. That covers everyone. None of us have an excuse now why we can't be serving others, why we can't be helping others, because that just covers it all. Now we read that and it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Maybe you're like, oh, I cannot get on a stage and speak. That's just not who I am. That's not the gift of speaking. The gift of speaking is the ability to talk to people. Because some people can get up on a stage and talk to 300 people, but they're really bad at small one-on-one conversations. If you're someone who can have a one-on-one conversation with them and actually get deep and get into their life and start talking to them and sharing Jesus with them, that's called the gift of speaking, where you can have in-depth conversations. That is a gift, because not a lot of people have that. That could be you. Maybe you're like, I don't want to get up in front of people, but can you have one-on-one conversations with people? When we're having cold groups, that's when we need the gift of speaking. When you're in that small setting, when you can, if you're someone like that, think about being a cold group leader, because we need those people who can draw out those long conversations, who can help people through that. It says, can you do things? Do, you, do it with the strength that God supplies. Now, maybe you're like, I can't lift heavy things. Well, can you lead people? Even today, we have ushers, people walking people to their seat. Can you do that? Can you speak? Can you do? That covers everyone. That's your task-oriented and your people-oriented people. No one has an excuse now not to do something. Now, a church is a consumer, isn't a consumer-based organization. We're a community. One of our sayings here at Collective is that we are a group of individuals gathered around a common purpose. Now, what that means is it's not we're a church of people. We're not a church of a lead team, a church of a couple pastors, a church of volunteers, a church of a couple families who just put it all together. We are a group of individuals. All of us bring our individual gifts. All of us bring our individual talents. All of us bring our individual personalities and individual quirks, sadly, sometimes. But all of us are our own people, but we come together to gather around a common purpose, and that purpose is for people to see Jesus. Now, we're, we can't be a group of individuals without you. Everyone in this room, you are a part of that group of individuals, whether this is your first time here or your hundredth time here. We are gathered around this common purpose that actually it takes everyone in a church to get things done. That even if you think of our kids' team, if you think of that list I said, they have everything through that list. I was telling them that today, that you have Lindsay, who oversees our kids' team. She is a great leader. She casts vision. She says, this is where we're going to go as a group. She has people like Joanna, who are, have the administration talent through the world. She can organize and schedule everything. She has people like Peggy, who is the encourager, the cheerleader, help things through. She has people like Jean and Steve, who can help and they can serve and do things. That team needs a bunch of individuals. You can't have one of all one person. If you have a bunch of Peggy's in there, a bunch of encouragers, listen, your kids are going to have the time of their life. Uh, you're going to go to pick up your kid, and it's going to feel like, it's like the room is just fluffy and super happy, and it's like there's just cotton candy everywhere. But the problem is, if you left Peggy in charge, she might actually buy a cotton candy machine, and just like the whole day is like, we're eating cotton candy, kids. Because she's an encourager, and she's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. You guys want cotton candy? Well, let's do it. We're going to have cotton candy at 9 o'clock. That's probably what would happen. You could ask her. I guarantee you. And that's the thing is that you need a bunch of, you need a Joanna who's like, Peggy, we can't do that. We can't just buy cotton candy machines. 
We can't do that. But if you had a bunch of Joannas, it would be the same thing. We'd be like, listen, guys, no fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I love you, Joanna. <laughs> but that's why Joanna is great, because she is like, we, we know where the boundaries are, and we're going to stay with them. We're going to have fun inside of those boundaries. And that's why they work together as a great team, because they have a bunch of individuals who work together as a team. Um, when I was in Alabama, uh, I worked, or I volunteered at this one church, and we, uh, we did this one ministry, and it was called Love Thy Neighbor, and um, it was basically, we would, that where the church was, there was an apartment complex right beside it, and we would go out uh, every, first Saturday of every month, and we would go to any of the new neighbors who just moved in, and we would talk to them, give them a little gift basket from the church, and be like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood, um, if you guys, if you don't know Jesus, Jesus loves you. If you want to come to church, we're here next morning at 10. Um, now this team, I, I don't like small talk. Uh, I really struggle with meeting new people. It makes me really anxious. gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, so the thought of knocking on a stranger's door who doesn't know I'm coming to come up stresses me out. So I am... Um, I'm pretty stressed out about that. So I'm thinking, I just moved to the state, don't know anyone here. And so this idea is that we're going to knock on someone's door. Now, this takes a team to put this together. It takes someone with the gift of leadership to organize and cast a vision for it. It takes uh, people with the gift of administration to um, organize the people who are going to serve, the schedule for it, to find out who the new tenants are. Um, It takes some of the gift of hospitality to bake things that we're going to put in this basket, people, the gift of serving. You, you can see it takes a wide range of people to make this ministry go. Um, and the first time I'm there, uh, I can't even tell you if I knocked on anyone's door. I probably let my friend do it. And I just stood back and after one knock, I'm like, okay, drop it, let's go. Um, and to me, very stressing. But that Sunday after, so we did it Saturday morning, the next day, um, there's this new guy at our church. His name's Rick. Now, Rick had just moved into that building um, I think a month before, that was September. He just moved there in August. Now, Rick was a big man, very noticeable, because I was like, hey, who's this guy? Did he play football? And they're like, no, no, no. I don't know who he is. We never met him. Um, And it turns out we found out that Rick was one of our new neighbors. I actually lived in that apartment complex as well, and Rick had just moved in. We're like, oh, cool, like, nice nice to see this guy that he came out, like, this love thy neighbor. I'm thinking in my head, no, it actually worked. The love thy neighbor thing, handing out baskets actually worked. Someone came to church. That's cool. Um, and so Rick shows up, and at church, I can see that he is very broken, very responsive to the service, and so the next day, they're telling us, they're like, so yeah, Rick showed up to church, he was from Love Thy Neighbor, they're like, Wally, who was this, it was in Alabama, so there's a guy named Wally, and Wally knocks on it, like, Wally shows up at Rick's house, and he, like, knocks on his door, he's like, hey, man, my name's Wally, Uh, you want to come to church, like, where's from there, Uh, he has a little basket full of some baked goods, uh, if you, if you want to come to church, you know, you can come tomorrow. Just want you to know that God loves you, and then he leaves. Just a short conversation like that. He leaves, doesn't think anything of it. Sh- Rick shows up the next day. Wally's like, oh, hey, man, how are you? Uh, that's my, <laughs> Wally has the thickest accent I know of anyone there. Um, anyways, so that's all he said to Rick, and Rick shows up, and Rick's life is in a mess at that point. Um, Rick had lived in Florida a month before, and his wife had just left him left him for another man. Uh, So he literally just found the only job transfer he could take in his company, moved to three states over, doesn't know anyone in this little town we're in. He's living by himself with no one. His daughter is down in Florida with his wife. He is just completely alone with no one around him. 
He doesn't like his job. He doesn't like anything that's going on. And uh, Rick decided on that Friday that he was going to end his life. Uh, he said, okay, Friday after work, he's like, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. He's depressed. He's struggling right now. He just is alone. Like, he's living in a state where he doesn't know anyone. All he's doing is working. He has no furniture in his apartment, nothing. And he says, after today, or he's like, tomorrow I'm going to end my life. He's like, what I want, though, before I pass, I want a honey cruller. He's like, that is going to be like my last meal. That was his thinking. He's like, I'm going to. So he finds a bakery that is downtown, and they are closed. And he's like, I'm going to go there tomorrow morning. They open at 10. I'm going to go up. I'm going to buy a bunch of baked goods, and then I'm going to end my life. Um, and what happens is, is we show up at 8.30 at his door on Saturday morning, the day he has decided that he is going to end his life, with a basket full of baked goods. Um, and he, that was his thing. That was like, he's like, all I want before I die is a bunch of baked goods. So he was going to go out, buy these baked goods, and end his life. What happens is, this little ministry we're doing that gives me anxiety, that is made up of five different people who are just all coming together, doing this together, has said, hey, Rick, we're going to drop a bunch of baked goods at your door. Wally shows up with his thick accent and says, hey, man, you want some baked goods? And Rick is very quiet, basically just shuts the door and goes, because that was the one thing Rick wanted. He said, I don't feel seen, I don't feel loved, I don't feel like anyone cares about me. And then some stranger shows up with the one thing he wants. And I know in life we can think, well, these are, I have a weird little gift. I don't think anything really matters. But what your gifting is, is meant for a purpose. God created all of us with an ability. That woman who baked that Friday before probably wasn't thinking, hey, I'm going to save someone's life today with this. That person who found out, who had to call the apartment complex, being like, hey, who are your new neighbors? Wasn't thinking they're going to change anyone's life today. Your talent, your gifting can change people's lives. Not just in a church setting, but in your community, in your workplace, in your school, in your family. All of this can change lives. But if we're just sitting on it, if we just leave it in the ground, we can't use it. Our giftings need to be out there to be helping others. Because there's people like Rick who are like, no one cares about me, no one sees me. That's a great thing about this co-group thing we're going through, is that we have the chance as co-groups to actually go out into our community this week and to serve others. That's one part of the thing we're going through, is that we're not just going to be sitting in our living rooms talking about serving, but we get to go out as a group and do it. Because if we're just sitting around talking about it, that is wasting what God has given us. He wants us to use our talents. No matter it, what it is, no matter what God gave it to you for, you need to use it. That whole list I gave you, I guarantee you have one thing on there that God is like, this is your thing. You need to use it. Use it in your family. Use it within your workplace. Use it within your community. Let's stand and we're going to close in prayer. God, we thank you, Lord, for um, who you created us to be, God, that you gave us purpose, you gave us reason. Lord, we thank you that you are the creator, God. We even thank you that you've worked hard on us, that we can be called your masterpiece, Lord. Father, I pray for those in this room right now who have those giftings and abilities, God, that they can use them in their communities, that they would leave here today and use them in their families and their workplaces. God, we want to pray for those who are feeling lost and hopeless, Lord, that they would seek uh, comfort in you, Lord. God, we pray for everyone in this room, God, that you would just watch over them. As we sing, as we get back into worship, Lord, let us just focus our eyes on you. And let us hear what you want us to do today in your name. Amen.
If you'd like more information on Collective Church, find us on social media at This Is Collective Church or reach us on our website, collectivechurch.ca. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you Sunday.